Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. Although fast food may seem contrary to the cozy lifestyle, <laughs> I know we like our home-cooked meals here. This week, we're exploring the way a quick trip to the drive-thru can inspire coziness, <laughs> as well as ways to enjoy a socially distanced Thanksgiving. But first, let's check in with what's making us feel cozy this week. Jillian, the thing getting me through this very tense election season and a good portion of October has been Netflix's Emily in Paris. Well, you know, you and so many others. If you haven't heard of Emily in Paris, it's the latest series from Darren Starr, who created Sex and the City. It stars Lily Collins as Emily, who is an American moving to Paris to provide an American point of view in the marketing firm where she works. As you can imagine, the Parisians in the firm don't take to Emily and her American style of business. So she struggles to succeed in that context. And, you know, she's in Paris, so she's searching for love and experiencing the culture clash of her Midwestern upbringing and the chic Parisian surroundings. And it sounds so basic, but I'm here to say I think it's better than that. Like, it, it, I, it's way more clever than I thought it was going to be, and it sucked me in. And it's just so bubbly and engrossing and the perfect, perfect escape. And that's why I love it. It's a great escape from reality. You can just go to Paris with Emily for half an hour, and you're home free. It's wonderful. And I've just been cherishing it for those little vacations to Paris I get to go on whenever I turn on Emily in Paris. Also, by the way, it doesn't hurt that the love interest played by Lucas Bravo is extremely handsome and <laughs> just like a feast for the eyes. And so that is, you know, one of the coziest elements for me. But I also want to shout out uh, Ashley Park, who steals every scene that she's in. She plays Emily's best friend that she makes in Paris. Mm. She is so, so talented and just amazing. And she's hilarious. And she doesn't fall into that friend sidekick where they're stupid or boring or kind of predictable. She's just what you want to say as an audience to Emily in that moment, but also she surprises you in these weird ways. It's just way more clever than I think people give it credit for and the perfect kind of bubbly thing to escape into. I highly recommend, if you want to feel cozy, Emily in Paris. If I could compare Emily in Paris to a food, it'd be cotton candy because it's just, it's fluffy and you can mindlessly watch it just like mindlessly eating cotton candy just sitting there and it was fun I did enjoy the episodes that I saw I loved the Emily's style that's I thought that was just so much to look at and that's a it was a big part of it for me it's like how she always just looks so perfect now was a form of escapism but something about it I just couldn't continue on I needed a little bit of a hook and maybe I need to go back to it you've kind of convinced me to go back into it and give it another try. Uh, maybe I just needed to get past the first three episodes. I think it was only three episodes in, but it's a lot of eye candy for sure. Not everyone can make it in Paris. What can I say, Julian? Yeah, I, I'm not cut out for it. I got to go back to where is she from, Chicago? Yeah, Chicago. <laughs> maybe that's yeah. why I'm so like, oh my goodness, it's me. It's me in Paris. I'm Emily. Huh? But <laughs> I, I loved not it. Not in I, Paris. I was sucked in from episode one. I was, I was ready for this journey. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people felt that way. I think my maybe another reason I couldn't get into it because it's set in spring and it just it premiered in October, right? Yeah. So I think maybe the seasons were off for me. So maybe I'll, I'll try it again in spring. 
give it a shot. It, it's it's fine if you don't like it, but I, I I think if you're inclined to like romantic comedies, you'll probably like Emily in Paris. I promise it's not as dumb as it looks. Yeah, there's a lot of funny moments. Yeah, you know, I know Jillian's saying otherwise, but trust no, me. No, I also like uh, <laughs> Emily's Chicago boss. She was on Grey's Anatomy. She has red hair. I forgot her name. She was on private practice too, but I think she's an amazing actress and I like Yeah, she was the agent banter. in Girls Trip, if you recall. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's it's I can never place her name, but Yeah, she's I, that person but, that's in everything. You're like, oh, yeah. I know you. You're in a bunch of stuff. But I like her. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I like her boss in the Paris office. I think she's super cool mm-hmm. and funny. Yeah, she's a perfect villain. Yes. Jillian, what's making you feel cozy? I feel like we're plugging an ad for Netflix, but I also have a Netflix show on my radar that I just started watching a few days ago. It's called Virgin River, which sounds, I don't know, it's not the best name. It's based on a a, a book series. (laughs) Yeah. Virgin River. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't think about the name until seeing it right in front of my face. I just, (laughs) I wish it was named something else because it's so not like the show. (laughs) It's a very, very cozy show, and it's a perfect timing because the second season is going to premiere in on November 27th, so you can take in the first season and watch it right around Thanksgiving, the second season. And the premise is it takes place in a small Northern California town with a nurse practitioner named Mel, who's played by Alexandra Beckenridge. She's moving to the area from Los Angeles to help Dr. Vernon Doc Mullins, played by Tim Matheson, with his practice because he's aging. And uh, the mayor of the town, her name is Hope, she got Mel on the case without Doc knowing. So obviously Doc is not very happy that he feels like he's being replaced. So it's you're off to the races right from the start. And it's this cast of characters in the show. There's the Hope, like I mentioned, the mayor. There's Mel's love interest, who's the owner of Jack's Bar, He's, his name is Jack Sheridan. And it's just a cozy cast of characters who round out the ensemble and bring the heart of the town to life. And unlike other cozy shows that revolve in a small town, there's a lot going on. So you have Mel's life that she left behind in Los Angeles, and you're wondering why she did. It's, there's all this mystery surrounding that, and there's a lot of mystery surrounding the relationships in the town between Hope and Doc, and then Jack's past. But it's just such a beautifully shot show not surprisingly, it was shot in Vancouver, which a lot of cozy shows are shot. So you get that, those fall vibes all year long. And I just really enjoyed it. It's it, the, the characters, the chemistry is all great between all the actors and it's just a feel good show, but also enough to keep me engaged. That's always my problem with these shows. I just lose interest really quickly. And if it was a short story, it'd be action packed. So I really recommend it. Virgin river, not so like I said, not too keen on the title, but it's like, I really like it. I, I, I watch it every night before I go to sleep. It's one of those shows. That sounds wonderful. Any show that has a character named Doc in it is mm-hmm. probably going to be cozy in all likelihood. Yeah. And uh, Hope is played by Annette O'Toole and she's just such a fun actress. Sorry, actor. I, I really enjoy her. It's just, it's just a great cast. I recommend it. Well, if we haven't convinced you to get a Netflix subscription by now, <laughs> they're not paying us. <laughs> they, not should they should be. You know, we're we're all escaping into our streaming shows. Uh, we're no exception over here at All Things Cozy. But you know, you can escape from life in other ways, including into food. That's my very suave transition to our main topic for today, which is really talking about 
cozy food. We did an episode on comfort food, if you recall, but this is a twist on that. We're really looking into cozy fast food, things that you can get from the drive-thru that might give you a cozy vibe. I do agree. I already can hear our listeners yelling at the radio. Fast food's not cozy. It's mass market capitalism. It's gross and disgusting. You're not wrong, but there is coziness to be found in some of the moments in enjoying that food or the memories that you make with it. And so I do want to give it its due in this episode. We're also going to talk about um, ways to maybe make a socially distanced Thanksgiving feasible. So we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But let's talk about this cozy fast food thing first. When Jillian and I were initially thinking about this as a topic, we, we've had this kind of in our bucket of ideas forever, and we just haven't been able to figure out a way to make it work. And, you know, I'm not sure that we have necessarily anyway, but <laughs> we're definitely going ahead with it as it is. Because we were thinking just in this co- current context of there's a global pandemic happening, gatherings are not encouraged, and we're looking at Thanksgiving and pers- I'll speak personally, I'm skipping Thanksgiving with my family this year. It's not worth it to me. So I'm not going to put anyone or myself at risk. So I'm not going to be gathering for Thanksgiving. And we were thinking like, well, this is maybe a good opportunity to talk about ways to make a quick Thanksgiving meal because we've done the the episodes on how to make a wonderful feast at home. And, and we love home homemade meals. But when you're all alone on Thanksgiving, and you, have, and you know what I mean? You have no one to share it with. You might be more inclined to check out what's going on in the drive-thru, right? Um, save yourself the trouble. So Jillian and I are on the case trying to find the coziest fast food flavors, both in terms of our own personal tastes, but also things that might be easy to share if you do happen to ha- gather outside with friends. And so Jillian and I had our own little early Friendsgiving. We went to a park. Um, and six had feet a, apart. Six feet apart. Had a fast food picnic. It was one of the most bizarre things I think we both done in our lives. Yeah, it also was <laughs> bizarre because I haven't. Well, that's not true. I've been on road trips. I feel like in the past few years where I've gotten fast food more so than I did. I think in my early twenties. Maybe I'm I'm reverting back to my childhood teenage self. Um, but it was, I've never had a fast food picnic <laughs> where I'm like specifically looking on the menu, trying to come up with Thanksgiving-y fast food items. That was our original plan like to create a Thanksgiving meal out of fast food items. I was trying to mirror, uh, the items on the, the menu to like, Oh, an appetizer. That's like a mashed potatoes or, you know, that's like a mozzarella stick or something, but it was harder to do than I anticipated. Yeah, it was. And, you know, I, I read a very cheeky article that was funny from BuzzFeed about how to turn fast food into a Thanksgiving meal. And so it had you transforming chicken nuggets from McDonald's and, and chicken from KFC into like a big turkey ball and mm-hmm. putting together a nacho appetizer into from Taco Bell into a dip and making cranberry sauce from like 7-Eleven Slurpee. It, it was it, it was disgusting and it was supposed to be. It was a joke, more or less. We, this is not supposed to be a joke. Um, we really do like the things we're going to talk about. But it became apparent that like, even though we could kind of go and make kind of a shareable meal out of our favorite picks from fast food places, it wasn't going to be like Thanksgiving. And we're not going to, we're not claiming it is. Okay, so relax. This is not, this is not a substitute Thanksgiving thing. It's kind of, a two for one uh, food episode, let's put it that way. And two for one, how appropriate for a fast food episode. Yeah. And also, just to be upfront, I know there's some, so much preamble to all this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just because I feel like it's it's important for contextualizing 
how we're justifying. I don't think anyone's going to be up in arms about fast food. I think Listen, a lot I'm of prepared. people. I'm prepared. I'm prepared. I have my argument. Find it cozy. In this case, we're both vegetarians, and so the obvious move, right, would be like, let's go to KFC and get chicken stuff. Like, sorry, we're not doing it. We don't eat meat. Uh, so these are also our vegetarian fast food uh, picks. And hopefully you, you maybe learn something new if you are a meat eater and kind of don't go off the, uh, the meat menu. So let's talk about our picnic. So we're outside, we're eating. Jillian brought the appetizer. Jillian, tell us what you brought as our shareable appetizer. There's a lot of lead, a lot of lead up to a lot of nothing. So I got the cheese roll. <laughs> I got the cheese rolls from Taco Bell. They sounded really good. I, I, they seem like an appetizer food. It's my Thanksgivings we'll get into a little bit later in the episode, but a little non-traditional. I think after childhood, we had friends from college come to my house on Long Island, and my mom just made this hodgepodge of different foods, like mozzarella sticks, salmon, baked clams, like all these random things. So cheese roll-ups kind of seemed like a good appetizer, a good starter. And so it, it is what it sounds like. It is literally a cheese roll-up, um, Mexican shredded cheese in a white flour tortilla. And the cheese roll cheese roll-ups I received which, by the way, I ordered through Postmates because I was very anxious. Which I, I have to laugh, Jillian, that <laughs> you got fast food delivered to you. <laughs> I was just, you know what? I, I had these, I don't know what's going on lately with me and drive throughs but they, no, they can never hear me. And I always feel so bad. Or, you know, when you're going through a drive through I feel like I'm yelling at the person on the other end, like, yeah, give me some fries or just like. You got to lean into it, Jillian. Load it up. Or I'm just like yelling <laughs> and screaming. And I, right. I, I don't, I don't like it. I mean, as a person doesn't trans translate well through a speaker phone on a, on a sidewalk. I, I don't know. So I, I got delivery. Um, and so I ordered the cheese roll-ups and when I got it, I noticed that the cheese wasn't melted. And I'm going to say I appreciated this because it felt appropriate. <laughs> it seemed on brand. Yeah. It just, it's how, how simple fast food is really, really delicious. I believe it was on the menu for one ninety five, So it's a steal. I got one for Matt, me and, and his, and his husband. And we, we chowed down the cheese roll-ups that were melted. You know, they're a great little thing to share if you're going outside, if you really are in a jam and you didn't bring snacks. Like, go go to Taco Bell, pick up a handful of cheese roll-ups. The whole crowd will be happy. They weren't, yeah. I wish they were melted personally, but they're so easily shared and they're so cheap. Yeah, so good. It's, it's a nice little snack, especially if you put some sauce on it. It's like a, a bagel bites. I could down five of them in probably a few minutes. I, I love those cheese roll-ups. Jillian is actually 45% cheese roll-up roll Taco Bell. <laughs> I wish. And then our main course, which I hesitate to say <laughs> is really um, a main course, but I really thought about like, what are my favorite fast food burgers these days? And first of all, again, I'm a vegetarian, so that limits the options, but I will commend all these fast food places for offering now impossible and beyond mm -hmm. meat, which really create a believable burger. I mean, I'm not naive yeah. i used to eat meat i know what it tastes like and i can say at least from the memory of meat the memory of meat sounds like a really awful like autobiography <laughs> memory <laughs> the memory of meat um is <laughs> is that these taste like it i think and so of the ones i've tried because like i've gained weight just like chowing down on all the fast food burgers like making up for like a decade of lost time <laughs> when i when i couldn't eat them anymore of all of them, has emerged from Carl's Jr., of all places, to me has the best structural cheeseburger with, with Beyond Meat. 
in it. And, you know, I, I've tried the Impossible Whopper from Burger King, and it is a Whopper, but it's so soggy and kind of just sad. I don't know. The Carl's Jr. Burger, I have to really commend them. It's it's sizable. It's delicious. It has all those basic building blocks of a cheeseburger that you're looking for. And it's just crisp. It feels fresh. And I, I, I like that it almost feels like the kind of burger you might buy at, like, a pub, um, not necessarily from a drive-thru. And so that that was my pick for our, our little main course. What did you think about the burgers, Jillian? I loved it. Like you said, it's probably the the realest thing to an actual burger. I haven't had a burger in a long time, but I, I feel like I'm I'm in with the club. I'm just like anyone else getting my Carl's <laughs> Carl's Jr. burger. Us vegetarians can finally feel normal again. <laughs> I like how it has all the fixing of a traditional burger and I I could have a few. And it's filling. It's very, very tasty. I think they nailed it. There's such a big market for people who don't eat meat in fast food restaurants. I I wish they would extend it into chicken-based items because, you know, I was me and my chicken fingers, my chicken nuggets, my chicken tenders. I I need to get back on the sauce. (laughs) Well, speaking of getting back on the sauce, I also got a side from Arby's, which were the curly fries. And that was really me going back in time. And I, to me, of the things that we ate that blissful afternoon in the park eating fast food, um, <laughs> the fries for Arby's were maybe my favorite because that flavor is just so good. And the line was so long. There's like one Arby's in Hollywood like that everyone flocks to. I'm sure all the tourists from different parts of the, of the country are like, oh my goodness, they have an Arby's. And obviously they're famous for their roast beef, but the... Their curly fries are the best mm, thing. They were so fresh. They were piping hot, very crisp. <laughs> they were when I picked them up. I mean, I had such a huge trial not eating all of them in the car on the way back home because they the scent was calling to me. They're so addictive. Um, I love the fries from Arby's. And it actually was a really cozy memory to me just because I remember eating those as a kid and everyone makes fun of Arby's, but you can't make fun of the fries. They're indisputably great. Yeah. I think I'm a convert. I had a very complicated relationship with Arby's because when I was living in Boston and I would take the bolt bus down to New York and go back and forth, I would always pray that we wouldn't stop at the Arby's and we would stop at this big (laughs) center in New Jersey where they have multiple fast food places and clean bathrooms. And every time I see the bus slowly pull into Arby's, I would die inside because I just knew there was nothing for me. Could have got the fries. No, that reminds me of the same thing when I would go to college on our mega bus and we would stop in, you know, on the way. It was always at the saddest subway at a gas station. And it was like, I don't know if I want this soggy gas station tuna sandwich right now. Is there any other place we can stop? Yeah. And you never, I think that was probably some of the most excruciating intense moments not knowing where the driver is going to pull into he's going to go to the of all places the rest stop in new jersey the the heaven not the arby's <laughs> of the turnpike <laughs> or is he going to go into the arby's and then i just have to sit in the bus and just watch everyone go in and <laughs> your hands on the glass <laughs> yeah oh, good times so but I, I do like those curly fries. I, I, I ate those right up. Where were, where were the um, sweet potato fries from? 
Those are also from Arby's. Oh, I tried those okay. because they kind of had like a Thanksgiving flair, you know, sweet potato. I really am not into sweet potato no. fries. Stay in your lane, sweet potatoes. Personally, I think the the <laughs> the russet or some other potatoes really have the fry game on lock. I don't want to hear any sweet potato nonsense. I did. I mean, I do like sweet potatoes and and you know bowls I make at home and things like that. But this one was very sweet, as if they sprinkle sugar on top of the order the already being sweet sweet potato so it works it wasn't for me yeah a lot of times like when you eat sweet potatoes out i do feel like they're always so hyper sweet yeah and they they're always like like feels like there's sugar added it's just not great i don't like it I, I mean i like that flavor in a pie i love sweet potato pie but not not in a french fry oh my goodness but speaking of sweets we finished up with some pies from McDonald's, and and I would say with the Arby's, along with the, side of the Arby's stuff, like the the curly fries, these were nostalgic, cozy city. So, Jillian, talk us talk to us about your McDonald pie journey. Well, I also got these delivered, and unfortunately, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't combine the orders. That's almost more understandable. I, I I bet they get a bunch of high people asking for <laughs> McDonald's pies all day. That's probably pretty common. Yeah, and I I got a, a pumpkin cream pie from mcdonald's as well as an apple pie and um, matt can you confirm was that does the apple pie have cream in it as well no the apple pie just had like the normal apple pie filling the okay. cream was in the in the uh pumpkin pump, in the pumpkin pie yeah i was actually very impressed when i looked at a mcdonald's menu for some fall thanksgiving themed foods they had a pumpkin coffee and all these different pies they had a good, a good assortment of desserts so i got a few of those I, as people, listeners know, I'm not really big into sweets, more of a savory person. So I didn't personally try this, but Matt, you seem like you really love the pies. I did. I mean, they bring me back to, and I really should have looked this up, but I didn't think to. When I was a kid, my mom would always pack my lunch with these pies you could put into the microwave. And mm. I forget the name of them, but I love the cherry one the most. Like these like these like pocket pies. Oh, I know those. The McDonald's pies are exactly like that. They're even a little fresher po- tasting um, than that. It's almost like a calzone, but a pie. Because <laughs> it's like <laughs> the full 360 crust coverage with the filling in the middle. And I really love the pumpkin one. The pumpkin was great. The cream was a nice accent. Um, but the, the the classic apple you can't beat from that pie from mm. McDonald's. Just a great flavor. You know, McDonald's does some things right, and one of those is the pies. Yeah, I think what I really learned from this experience, there are some fast food restaurants that have their signature dish, and I I kind of want to keep it that way. You you suck at some things, you excel at others. I, I like how there's only one place you can get that that special item that you're you're craving. I guess it's the whole concept of fast food, uh, but yeah, McDonald's. I wish they had more vegetarian options. Unfortunately, their desserts, I think, were, and their fries were the only things that were vegetarian. So they, you know, they can expand. But for now, they're killing it with the pies. Jillian, just in general, are there fast food places or meals that you feel are particularly cozy for you? Yes. <laughs> Taco Bell's Mexican pizza. I don't know if they do a vegetarian one now. I really should look into that. Or perhaps not. But when I was in high school, I was obsessed with the uh, their traditional Mexican pizza. And I think I got high cholesterol from it. I remember getting a phone call from my doctor when I was a senior in high school and said, hey, you got to watch your cholesterol. And I blame the, the Taco Bell Mexican pizza. But it's just so, so good. And it's a cult favorite. 
just the combination of the cheese, the beans, and, you know, back in the day, the meat. It's just the perfect thing, the perfect consistency, the flavors. It's always warm. You, you never, it always had enough. That's what I like about it too, because I think Matt, you and I are similar. We just like, we're like a vacuum. We just vacuum up food. Yeah. <laughs> and the Taco Bell pizza, it actually felt like, okay, I can go through this at a normal rate and there still be leftover. And then I also love the Wendy's Frosty and I'm looking at pictures of it online. It's the saddest looking dessert, but it's really good because <laughs> it's literally just a cup of light brown sludge poured in the cup. But I love that vanilla and chocolate mix flavor. And you just, there's something just so simple about it. Taking a spoon, eating, eating a mixture of chocolate and vanilla ice cream out of a cup. And <laughs> it's, it's very simple and tastes great. So Wendy's Frosty, Taco Bell's Mexican pizza. What about you? Those are total hits for me. I, I used to love the Taco Bell Mexican pizza. Again, I also don't know if that still is around. Since Taco Bell has since then beefed up their vegetarian menu, I always mm-hmm. go for the seven layer if I'm at Taco Bell. But they don't have that anymore. So like I've kind of given up on Taco Bell because they've cut most of their vegetarian menu. But the Mexican pizza, I loved it. Also, you can share it. You can take a little slice off. You probably wouldn't, but you could if you wanted no. to. and the wendy's frosty is great speaking of desserts actually for me a really nostalgic fast food item are dairy queen blizzards yep dairy queen in particular as a midwestern kid it really occupied this summer space and i really associate it with hanging out with friends and family like just at the dairy queen (laughs) you know using our change to buy ice cream basically and i remember just being it just the Dairy Queen in town being full of it's always the place where the coaches would take the athletes. I don't, I don't know why that is why Dairy Queen is like the place to go, but it was always packed full of like the baseball team, the football team. I don't know what it was probably cause it was cheap. You could just get like a round of ice cream for all the kids, all the kids and they'd shut up and just like eat and run around, <laughs> you know, the blizzard that like that classic, you know, vanilla and Oreo mix is just so good. And then, you know, there's this silly thing they do where they turn it upside down. Like, Oh, it's not going to fall out. It's so, <laughs> it's so cold. Um, the whole production of it is so cozy to me. It's just like such a thing. I don't know. I, I, I also associate with my time. Like it's just summer to me. It's like going into, summer vacation and just getting these treats you don't normally get for the rest of the year. I think we got one on our road trip. Yeah. Yeah. There was a dairy queen. I don't know what got into me, but I was like, I have to have a blizzard on my way home. <laughs> and I did. And it, it did like satiate a childhood part of me, like our, ch- our child aspect of me. I, I needed to have that blizzard. Yeah. Once in a blue moon, I just need to like indulge that, that fantasy. <laughs> summer well, vacation I, I was always jealous of people had dairy queens in our area because i don't think we had any in new york and when i would visit my grandparents in florida that was a huge tree like i was just so psyched to go to the dairy queen it was a delicacy because we just didn't have them they really again like you were saying there are just some places that do certain things really well and dairy queen just has mm-hmm. their niche and they do it very well yep speaking of which actually going back to mcdonald's for me again as vegetarian i don't eat their burgers or anything like that but Another really cozy thing for me for like in terms of fast food is breakfast. I always associate drive through McDonald's breakfast as like you're up earlier than everyone else. The world is quiet. You're on your way to work and you're happily chomping on your, your Eggo muffin in your car. (laughs) (laughs) No one can stop you. Or maybe you take it to your desk and you're like, it's like that 20 minutes of bliss before all of your annoying coworkers arrive in the office. 
these are my experiences with the egg muffin. <laughs> Whenever I'm eating it, I'm just like enjoying that like total alone time and quiet in the morning because I never go again. This is all very personal, right? But like for me, stopping at McDonald's in the morning is like not a thing I do regularly. It's only if I have to like leave super early in the morning, I don't have time to make breakfast for myself at home or like grab a bowl of cereal or something. I'll just be like, well, I'll be faster. Just grab coffee at McDonald's. I'll eat in the car. But it's always so calming to me. It's just like, it's just, you know, my own little private alone time. And I get to really savor this egg muffin. Obviously, I get it without Canadian bacon. You don't need it. And also, in terms of like fast food being unhealthy, it's not that unhealthy to have mm-hmm. like a, an English muffin with some egg and cheese on it. So it's pretty basic. And it's, the eggs are fresh. So that's that, that. Those are my cozy choices for like legitimately like I associate real cozy feelings with egg muffins and Dairy Queen blizzards. <laughs> I think egg muffin is a great choice. It's a classic. You can't go wrong. It's probably one of their most popular things on the menu. I would imagine they just perfected that quick little breakfast mm-hmm. sandwich. Breakfast sandwiches in general are like my heart song. I <laughs> <laughs> I live I live for breakfast sandwiches. I just live for breakfast in general. I love breakfast. It's all great. Breakfast is, is the best meal of the day, no question. It is. I don't know if we've convinced you that fast food can be cozy. <laughs> we've certainly described our experiences where we had our cozy picnic together. We have had cozy experiences with fast food as Americans. <laughs> so for us, it can be very cozy. We'd like to hear from you. Um, you know, hop into our Facebook group and let us know, like, is there a fast food place that you feel is particularly cozy or a context where you think going through that drive through is the epitome of coziness, let us know on Facebook. Next, let's dive into what the heck anyone's doing for Thanksgiving this year, because there's a global pandemic. We want to follow all the guidelines for safety, no gatherings, right? And it's hard when we want to see our family and the holidays. So Jillian and I are just going to go through some some articles we found that have some really great ideas, actually, on how to either make a distance Thanksgiving work or if you insist on being together, ways for, for that to be as healthy as possible. Um, and also Jillian can chime in with her unorthodox Thanksgiving experiences <laughs> <laughs> to maybe give us some other perspectives. So the first kind of thing we were looking at, we found this article from the Connecticut Children's Medical Center of all places, but they have this really exhaustive resource for ideas about how to actually connect over Thanksgiving without being physically together. And I want to point, like, just point out some of these ideas. So they break down ideas for before, during, and after Thanksgiving. One of their before ideas that I thought was especially cute was this idea of sending Thanksgiving care packages. So they suggest mailing or dropping off treats and supplies to help guests feel a part of the fun. Because since you can't, like, actually gather physically, you could actually, like, you know, share things you've already baked or cooked with with members of your family so they can have it for their own home Thanksgiving. Or you could also just share decorations like matching centerpieces and you could have those matching at your tables to, you know, have a bit of a connection. Along with that, you might also plan some shared experiences where like maybe everyone gets the same scented candle or, you know, they have the same um, dishes that they're preparing for. Each one gets a certain dish that they're excited to share with, with other people, at least virtually, um, just to kind of build some more connection time, even though you're not together. I like the idea of sending the care packages. For Halloween, my mom always sends me a Halloween care package and it comes with little Halloween decorations and it almost feels like we're celebrating together or it makes me think about 
you know, the decorations that she puts up every year. She goes all out for every single holiday. The house is just decked out in decorations. So I feel as if I'm part of it when she sends me the holiday care package. And she doesn't do that for Thanksgiving, but maybe that's something I could do for her, send her some a cute Thanksgiving care package. Just think it's that about I make. time, Jillian. Or vice versa. I know. She's like, a, like I'm five sending me I guess I have packages. to send her something. <laughs> uh, yeah, she sent me a cute, a cute card this year. She was celebrating her 60th birthday this year, so didn't get around to giving me the Halloween package, but uh, no. no. <laughs> Someone's bitter. <laughs> no hard feelings there. <laughs> I don't think about it all the time. <laughs> I also like the idea of sharing recipes. I think that's cute as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like before, even, you know, there are a lot of recipes or flavors that you might look forward to at Thanksgiving that's usually made by a relative. But you, instead of just going without it, you can ask them ahead of time, like, what's the recipe and, and make it at home. So it feels like, you know, your, your Aunt Barbara's baba ganoush is, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, I'm just making stuff up. But like, baba ganoush. <laughs> is, is there at the Thanksgiving table, you know, the, the classic Thanksgiving baba ganoush. <laughs> so yes, there's so many different ways to celebrate Thanksgiving virtually. And I've said in the past, I think Thanksgiving is just a free-for-all holiday. I think we need to start looking at ways to reinvent it. We have to put so much effort into Christmas and, you know, go all out for that. Thanksgiving should be the holiday where you kind of relax and do it on your own terms, whether it's just celebrating by yourself and creating all the different foods you like, getting a fast food buffet, whatever, you know, floats your boat. I know that my partner and me, we... What we do is we create a vegetarian Thanksgiving. The day before Thanksgiving, we have our own little celebration because we know probably we're not going to have enough food to eat at the real Thanksgiving. <laughs> so we have a special one just between us. So I think there's different ways to define it in your own terms. But that's one of the traditions that I look forward to, just making all the good vegetarian foods. We buy cute little plates from Target that have um, little decorations on them, and we get our own celebration going, and that's a lot of fun. Yeah, that sounds great. They also have ideas for during Thanksgiving itself. My favorite is this idea of a gratitude bowl, which is interesting. And they suggest having like the members of different parts of your family. So each household basically writes down something they're grateful for every day and puts it in the bowl. And then on Thanksgiving, I guess we're imagining we're on Zoom now, right? (laughs) All together. People can read them aloud. Now, Reading four weeks worth of gratitude for everybody sounds exhausting. A lot. Let me pick one for each person of the ones that they put in. But I do like the idea of thinking about it ahead of time because it does make me think make me think of moments where like everyone's sharing what they're thankful for around the dinner table, and you are like, of course you're grateful for something, but for whatever reason, being put on the spot, somehow your mind goes empty. <laughs> so this would avoid that. Like it gives people some think time for what they're grateful for. There's also an idea around a new twist on a potluck. So since everybody is dining at separate households, you could ask someone to bring something to contribute to like the video chat. Like you could have everyone make a toast or you could have everyone share a memory from, you know, when we could gather together. (laughs) (laughs) You can also make it more ornate in terms of like, if you do a video chat um, during Thanksgiving, they suggest this is an interesting idea. Your child might want to kick things off with a song or a prayer and wrap up with a round of jokes with the latest TikTok dance. So, hmm. you know, whether or not you have children, you can always do the latest TikTok dance. So, 
Make your own traditions by um, embarrassing yourselves on Zoom. Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> it's hard on, on Zoom. I, we, my family and uh, actually a bunch of extended family try to do a Easter Zoom, and I found that to be quite difficult because some family members didn't understand that we were all supposed to be participating in one virtual Easter celebration. What happened was some families were just sitting at the table and just eating and going about their own <laughs> Easter um, dinner. And they were just like awkwardly in their little corner of the, the screen and not realizing that it was actually a part everyone was participating. And so you have like, you know, all these other sounds and noises going on in one corner of the screen. And then some people are doing this and other people are doing that. Well, definitely decide ahead of time, like, (laughs) what what is the goal here in terms of like... Yeah, I think it's important. Is it going to be basically we're on Big Brother and we're just setting up our devices and going about our business? And we're just eating, watching each other, like Sims or something. Like, what are we doing here? Personally, I would say make it short and sweet. So like, you know, figure out a time with your family to get together, make it engaging. Maybe have some, maybe you have a game night planned or like do some trivia or something just to make it everyone doing something and not have that pressure of of making small talk necessarily which can be quite awkward over zoom and listen we all we all are kind of tired of zoom so having having the zoom go on and on like set a firm end time like be like we're gonna get on zoom for 45 minutes as a family mm-hmm. we're gonna start at this time we're gonna end at this time no matter what like just to check in we're gonna do these things um because it does say after like for the ideas like, oh, you know, if you want to stay, stay connected, just like prop up your device somewhere central and then, you know, lounge around. It's like, no, thank you. I don't need to be monitored by my family. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I think 15, 30 minutes is a wonderful time. And then yeah, exactly. You know, shut it, it down. after basically after that point, everyone's antsy anyway. Like, just acknowledge that and say hi to each other, make it engaging. And and I would, I really do love these other ideas about like, you know, sharing gratitude or like having a plan for that will just make it more enjoyable. So that would, that would be, I think, good suggestions that I would take from this article. Yeah. I thought they had wonderful ideas. Now in terms of gathering, we're, we are not the CDC. Okay. We're, all things cozy is not giving anyone health advice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, like, I think we can say confidently just based on what we know and, and guidelines that, that are publicly available, make gatherings as small as possible. If you are seeing a core group of family members, mm-hmm. have your meal outside. I think that's my biggest suggestion is if you're going to eat with other people in person, Properly socially distance, have the meal outside. Like, yeah, get some twinkle lights. Yeah. And as, as Martha Stewart in her article recommends, having some stylish uh, throw blankets on the chairs and make it, you know, cozy and nice to look out your outdoor celebration. That's fun too. But Just like because said, there's a pandemic limited. doesn't mean you can't th- show off your throws. Yeah. Right. It's a wonderful time to throw up your throws. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's harder, though, on the East Coast to have these outdoor gatherings. Of course, you know, you yeah. can do it all year long, which is, is nice. But if there's a crisp in the air and it's not too cold, maybe have it earlier in the day, like yeah. early afternoon. But, you know, personally, like just to share my plan, you know, we're, I'm not spending it with my family. To me, Thanksgiving is not worth the risk for anybody. No. <laughs> So we'll probably make our own home-cooked meal with some some classic dishes, you know, that kind of getting the recipes ahead of time from family that we really want to 
have it home, make it ourselves, make smaller portions, of course. And then we'll hop on Zoom and or, you know, FaceTime or whatever and check in and say hi. And and that's going to be that, I think. And I, I, I'm actually looking forward to it. I think it'll still feel like Thanksgiving, despite not having that in-person element. Yeah. I mean, my favorite part of Thanksgiving is trying new recipes and cooking at home and, you know, in your, in your pajamas and just hanging out and watching TV and being cozy. So like I said, Thanksgiving hasn't looked like a traditional, hey, let's get dressed up, go to family's house and have the Thanksgiving turkey. And that's how I like it. I think, like I said, Thanksgiving is one of those holidays where you can just make it into your own version, whether that's, you know, being on Zoom and sharing your gratitude or just being selfish at home. It, it, do whatever you want. <laughs> it's a free for all, especially yeah, this year. Get some McDonald's pies, chow down and ignore your family. That's also an equally valid Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Be with with friends. I'm all for ignoring you. Ignore. (laughs) Thus concludes our ideas around fast food coziness and some more unique ideas around possibly making a socially distanced Thanksgiving work. It's now time to check in with some of our soothing sounds. Julian, kick us off. What sound is soothing you this week? I chose a song for Octave, and I apologize to the accomplished pianist from France. I'm going to butcher his last name. I spent half an hour trying to look up how to pronounce it, but it's a very uncommon last name. But his first name is Bertrand, and his last name is Shamayu. <laughs> that's my best <laughs> guess. You know, that's a good guess. I feel like it's probably wrong, but I w- don't know any better than you do. So yes. we're going to run with it. Yeah, because CH is pronounced like sh in France. So I looked that up. I found that out, but I don't know the rest of it. He's a very accomplished pianist. It's a song released in October 2020. It was composed by Bryce Dessner of The National. And it's a lullaby that was written for Bertrand's son, Octave. That's hence the song for Octave. It has no lyrics. It's just a beautiful lullaby. It's from the album called Good Night, which is very apt. And there's 16 lullabies on the album. I just think it's a beautiful, soothing song. I played it on the day of the election and I had it on the background because that's what I needed. I don't, I think when you're so stressed, sometimes lyrics are too much and overwhelming. And it's a a beautiful, lovely song. One review of the album said, don't listen to this while you're operating heavy machinery. And I think it's the best description because it is so soothing. And, um, one one thing that I, I I love about it is it's it's spellbinding it's it's haunting it, it's a new it's cozy but it's for adults as well I think if that if that makes sense so it's a, it's a magical sound to it. All right, let's drift off to sleep and listen to song for octave. That truly is maybe the most soothing sound we've ever had on this segment. It's so beautiful. Um, listening to interviews, him talking about the album, you know, he said there's such a special space, that moment right before we fall into, into sleep and let it, our, our bodies and our subconscious experience all the range of emotions available and just let surrender ourselves to that. And it's, it's really beautiful. 
And yeah, I, I think Bryce Destiner is a very accomplished composer. He, I believe he also worked on Taylor Swift's album. And obviously that's like the least of the accomplished things <laughs> that if you go to his bio. There's so many different things that he composed. Uh, but yeah, I really love this. Absolutely. I really love the low note. It really mm-hmm. is. If you have headphones on, it's extremely, it's almost asmr It really encompasses your whole head. <laughs> yeah. And how special to have a, a song, a lullaby for you. I think, I think it's also special when songs are dedicated to family members. Yeah, I, yeah absolutely. It's a, it has a really cozy backstory and it is a really beautiful song. That's a great pick, Julian. I oh, thank you. wish I had as cozy <laughs> a pick, but I do have one that I really love this song. I don't, again, I don't know how cozy it is, but I think it's cozy for this band, this band being the Smashing Pumpkins, which I've gone on record on the show many times before about how they're one of my favorite bands ever. And they're coming out with a brand new double album, which is the first double album they'll be releasing since their very famous double album, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, which was released in the 90s. So it's a long time coming. They're, gonna, they're back at the double LP game. And this song from that double LP, they've been releasing singles um, every week or so, is called The Color of Love. You can guess what I love about it as soon as you hear it. It's the synth pop element of it. <laughs> it's like a mm-hmm. synth pop rock. The Smashing Pumpkins are a very adaptable band, like, if you do listen to that band enough or Billy Corgan in general, like he's tried every genre and you can, some people only associate them with their more metal or hard rock sounding or grunge songs, but they do just as many acoustic folk songs um, or just as many synthy eighties style songs. And, and this is more in that area. And I just find the, the music itself to be very enveloping. So come along with me and listen to The Color of Love by Smashing Pumpkins. down for a driving synth beat which this song has a lot of oh yeah i thought also the official music video is super cool and engaging i was i was mesmerized <laughs> i like tuned everything out I was just so engulfed in this music video. it's like a comic book kind of yeah scene. It's, it's, it's almost like an anime cartoon type yeah. thing that's neat I, I love the title of the song uh i i i love an 80 80s sounding beat so this is up my alley as well yeah, I have to say, like, every song coming out of the this album in terms of the singles, they all are kind of in this wheelhouse. And it's a really, I think it really works for their band. I, I recognize that Billy Corgan's voice is an acquired taste. And uh, it, it, I think for people who are used to it, it's kind of like drinking black coffee. It's like once you're in it, you're in. But mm-hmm. if you're, you know, you need lots of cream in it, you're going to be disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> So if you do like that style of singing, if you do like that kind of music, I think it is a a really strong um, new song by an old band. Yeah, I loved it. Well, it's time to wind down with our candle. This week, I'm so excited because we're finally burning a candle that (laughs) as soon as we had the idea, like, oh, let's do a fast food episode. I was like, I know exactly what candle 
I'm going to get. It's Dill Pickles by the Stinky Candle Company. Stinky Candle. It's a novelty candle, okay? This is not a candle that you are going to burn, you know, for Thanksgiving when your guests come over, all right? It's, it's, it's which you're not going to have anyway, but it's not going to be that kind of candle, right? It is a novelty candle, and the whole joke of it is it smells like dill pickles. And I'm here to tell you, Julian, it smells like dill pickles, like perfectly. It smells like a deli fresh dill pickle. It has actually a very light throw. It's just enough. It's like there's a sandwich somewhere in the room, and I can't find it. Mm-hmm. That would kind of I don't know, that might bug me because once yeah. you have a hankering for something, you want to yeah. I really want a pickle right now. Yeah, that's interesting. I think it's good that it's a fresh deli kind of pickle is what you're describing because it was the you know pickle in a jar in your fridge might not be as appetizing or no no it's it's definitely like a fresh deli pickle yeah this is this is really good this is a really they've perfectly captured a dill pickle scent and so you know actually what also inspired this was mcdonald's came out with that i could never get it because it was so expensive it was 150 bucks for their big mac candle set with like this candle smells like a bun and this candle smells like pickles. And guess what? You can go to the stinky candle company and get all the same stuff for way less expensive. And and this dill pickle candle smells just like pickles. You don't need that McDonald's mess. (laughs) If you really are running a pickle candle, you know where to go now. Um, I wonder who, because obviously we're buying this for a specific reason, but I'm wondering who the general market is. People just really love pickles or no, I think they're all gag gifts. You know what I mean? Like some of them sound kind of legitimate. Like, I mean, if you really do like bacon, they have a bacon candle of a cotton candy candle. They also like do brand candles. So like Pringles, Pizza Hut and Cadoba have their candles there. Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) Speaking of fast food, I get behind a Mexican pizza candle. That's right. Get on it. Sneaky candle company. (laughs) But they also have a candle of the month club, which does sound kind of silly, like getting some like, oh, what'd you get this month? Oh, I got uh, a burrito candle. <laughs> <laughs> then the next month you get chocolate cake batter is one of them. So they, they kind of range between like, it's a lot of food scents and some yeah. of them, some of them are basic. I'm seeing lilac on here, but others are a little bit more bizarre, like ramen candle mm. and a zoo candle and a whiskey candle. Maybe my favorite is the 2020 candle, which is a dumpster fire scent. <laughs> yeah, it's a novel. A it's a gag gift. gift. If you need a stocking stuffer joke gift for candle lovers, check out the Stinky Candle Company. It's a great wreck. I, I guess I have to give it a wick up because it's doing exactly what it is saying. It's do. I knew what I was getting. You know, it's a it's a pickle candle, so it's it's scented like a pickle. Yeah, I mean, I. I'm not going to hate on it. Yeah, it's 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 doing what it was advertised yeah, to do. Yeah, exactly. So look for me. All the power to you. Before we go, we have some shout outs. Yeah, thanks to whoever gave us our 110th five-star review. Please keep them coming. We love to see new reviews pop up. Also reviews that are written out, but we will also take the five stars. Thank you anybody who takes the time to leave a review for us. It is very, very appreciated. We really do love it, though, when people leave written reviews, just so we can read them on the show, and it makes us feel good. <laughs> so, um, if you, you know, just so you know, if you do leave us a, a written review, I, you know, ideally five stars, of course, we'll read it on the show. So, please do that if you do find the time. Also, thanks to everyone who shared their Halloween celebrations in the Facebook group. Kate, Samantha, um, Andrea, Alyssa, Gretchen, Alicia, Andy, Eric, and Bill everyone's like amazing decorations and pumpkins. It was wonderful to see it 
put me right into the Halloween spirit. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, and thank you to everyone who sends us fun recommendations on Instagram or on Facebook. I We always read it and look into it. And Marie shared a hilarious TikTok spoof on Hallmark movie tropes, which was really fun. And yes. then Norma G always sends us great uh, recipe and candle recommendations. And also we, we love to hear any, you know, emails you send us with recommendations. So thank you to Margaret for sending over an email reminding us that the Christmas house is a queer Christmas movie that we can watch and dive into. Hopefully this year we'll explore a lot of different queer centric holiday movies. That'd be great and fun. Yeah, absolutely. And also Chelsea, thank you for emailing us and getting in touch and sharing the love for the podcast. We made a new friend and we're so thankful for that. Yes. Speaking of, of new friends and old, actually, thank you to Heather for increasing your Patreon pledge and to everyone who supports us monthly. You can support the show if you join our Patreon. We're at patreon.com slash allthingscozy. Anything you can give is helpful for making the show continue, including us buying dill pickle candles. It all counts. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the lights going on at All Things Cozy HQ. That's right. Well, we hope we've given you a craving for fast food. Uh, I'm very so, hungry now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to go have dinner. <laughs> yes. And let us know, really. I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on how you feel about fast food. Is it cozy? Is it not? If you do find it cozy, in what context and in, in what foods? Also, what are your plans for Thanksgiving? You know, what, what are you planning on doing in the context of the pandemic? Please, you're also good at sharing your ideas and inspiring others. So looking forward to your thoughts. We'll be back in your ears in another two weeks with a brand new episode. Until then, stay stay cozy. cozy.